Well, and it's like sometimes I like spilling over the edge of it or there's like a pour out at a random angle. It's like, this is perfectly comfortable. This is exactly what I was going for. Welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Today we are talking about what actually got us here to this point kind of right now, which is our friendship. Mm Because without our friendship, Claire and I's friendship, that's how we cultivated, we first cultivated our friendship, which Mm -hmm. then led to us cultivating our partnership, which has led to us cultivating this podcast. Our business partnership. Let's let's be clear on that. Our business partnership. (laughs) I mean, I could understand people think, I mean, people have thought that we are a couple at times and it's like, no, just very, very good friends and amazing business partners. Yes. Um, So we decided like, what a way to kick off season two. Then talking about friendship. So we have um, the first episode in our friendship series. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to be talking about creating a friendship that works for both people. And that Uh is so important. And that's important in any ship. So relationship, friendship, we say coworkership. I don't think that's a word, but it fit, like family ship, family ship, <laughs> any kind of relationship with anybody. Yes, basically, you want to make sure it's going to work for both people. And what that means is not making a cookie cutter friendship. Like mm-hmm. we get conditioned into this is what it's supposed to look like. But well, and that conditioning comes from like a bunch of different places. Mm-hmm. Like we see things on TV, we see things in movies, we see what other people do, we see what different generations do. Like we see what our parents did or our grandparents did, for example. Um, and I know that the way that my parents do friendship and the way I do friendship is completely different. Um, so I think that 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 conditioning, you're right, we get conditioned into oh this is what a friendship looks like. This is what a relationship looks like. This is what a family dynamic looks like. And, and for the people who are involved, maybe that is what mm. what it looks like. And that might work for both people. Yeah. But the chances of that that friendship working for this friendship, really kind of rare. So we want to work on creating what actually works for both people in relationships. Right. Yeah, and you want to make sure that you're you're looking at um, how do you, rather than being, okay, this is what a friendship looks like, how can I kind of tweak that to find a way of doing it that I would be happy with? In, it's a, I don't mean, mean to bring this back to cats, but cats. <laughs> um, it's kind of like the if it fits, I sits mentality. Right, yes. It's like if, if, if you're not a cat person, I totally get it because I wasn't at one point, believe it or not. Um, but cats do this thing. I could understand why people wouldn't believe it. Yeah, it's true. I, it's I wouldn't, very, I wouldn't very have true. believed it no. hearing myself <laughs> and the amount of times that I say my cat's name. Um, if you didn't know, it's Larry. Um, I think everybody knows that now. <laughs> Somebody might be joining today for the first time. They might be. If so, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hear about Larry a lot. 
There we go. If you you know what? Not even sorry. Not even going <laughs> to pretend. I'm sorry. Um, where is it? Oh, the fits it sits. Yeah. The cats have this tendency to be like. Ah, oh, that's not really my right size box. But if I just twist kind of like this, and then they sit and they like, they're like, nope, this is perfect. This is perfect. This is just what I wanted it to be. Well, and it's like sometimes I like spilling over the edge of it, or there's like a pour out at a random angle. It's like this is perfectly comfortable. This is exactly what I was going for. You it's get like, a cat with really? a muffin top yes. and a little like a little jewelry box, and it's like a forty pound cat putting his little paws in the bottom. They do that, that shit. They do do that <laughs> like, shit. And 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 Serena's right. It's like this is like the exact. That's what a lot of people do. It's like oh, that's it's a friendship. So if I just do this, oh okay, yeah, okay, I can make it's that. It's a work. little uncomfortable. Yeah, but I get it. I get it. I can, I can make it work, but. Instead of doing that, what we want to do is we want to look at it and go, in an ideal world, if I could wave a magic wand and have the friendship that I really want, what would that look like? Now, the thing about it is, is that a lot of people don't know what that is. Um, And before we even get to that point, it's about, (laughs) it's important to recognize that there isn't more, there isn't just one way to do friendship. There isn't just one way to do relationships. And the thought that we have just this one way of doing it, and that is the way it is, that's what it meant, is meant to look like, stops us from even thinking about what it is that we would like. But there are very different ways of doing it. So for example, um, <clears throat> I when it comes to intimate relationships, I worked as a as an intimate relationship specialist for what well, I worked as a relationship specialist, I worked with lots of different kinds of relationships. Um, but I did do a lot of work with intimate relationships for about seven years. And the interesting thing is, is over the course of that period of time, I realized that commitment in its kind of traditional idea actually isn't always the best thing for relationships. In fact, often it can work against relationships because what ends up happening is that somebody says, okay, I'm committed now. I'm in this relationship. And once I've made that commitment, that's it. I'm done. Like it's like, oh, I'm said I'm in. And they stop putting effort into the relationship and they stop putting energy into the relationship. And they stop thinking about how do I make this relationship better? How can I move it in this direction? How can I move it in that direction? Um, and what it does is it creates complacency. It's like, oh, we've committed to each other now. We're in. And they don't think about the fact, well, what do I have to do to, in order to keep somebody wanting to be in the relationship and that's where a lot of divorce comes from, which is like all of a sudden we've made this commitment. Well, we're in now. We're in for life. And because they stop putting the energy in and they stop putting the effort in, the relationship degenerates over time, as does the pop shield apparently, as I hit it. Um, and, and what it means is that all of a sudden, one day out of the blue, it's like, oh, I'm, I don't, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. And someone's like, wait, what? But we're, we're married, like we're, we're in this for life, right? they've stopped focusing on it and they've stopped putting attention into it. So instead, how I like to do intimate relationship is to instead be in a space where you choose each other every day. Now, it doesn't mean to say you can't be like, you can't say, oh, I'm girlfriend or boyfriend or you can't get married even. But I want to have the approach of it that I want to choose the person that I'm with every day and I want them to choose me every day too. Because it means that I know if I want them to show up tomorrow, I have to show up today. And it means that I have to keep showing up for that relationship. Having been in those relationships where you've had that commitment and that complacency and it's got stale over time because nobody's putting any focus or energy or attention into it, I instead would like somebody to be saying, actually, I choose you today. And tomorrow, I choose you today. And the next day, I choose you. And it's not saying that, oh, okay, if I've got a bad day, oh, 
shit, they're going to bugger off tomorrow. That's it. I'm done. Um, because obviously we have ebbs and flows, but it's like we have to keep showing up if, if we want them to keep showing up. So that's a very different way of doing relationship to the way that most people are. It's the way that works for me. And that's how I like to do relationship. There's another great example, which is polyamory. Um, now, if, if you don't um, know what polyamory is, polyamory is being in an intimate relationship with more than one partner. That's where the poly comes from. Um, and there are some people for whom this version of relationship truly works. And if it truly works for every person and everybody's happy with it and nobody's being harmed by it and nobody's being hurt by it, then it, it's a, it, there's nothing wrong with that as a relationship approach. Because if it is what everybody truly wants, no one's getting harmed, then, but that, again, it's, it goes against what our traditional ideas of a relationship is. And it means that people think, one, there's a lot of judgment about relationships that are different. And two, it stops people from, because, a lot of the time because of that judgment, it, it stops people from being willing to explore, well, what actually do I want? What kind of relationship really works for me? And being able to explore the whole, being able to explore the wholeness of mm. what do I want? Mm. Every option. Because mm. a lot of times what will happen is, you know, you might ask yourself, oh, what, what do I want? But you wouldn't even think maybe it is polyamory in like a romantic relationship that right. you would like to explore. But a lot of people would just be like, nope, that's not, that's not even in... That's not an option. It's not an option. That's not in this little box that I'm trying to fit myself in. Exactly. And so in order to ideally create a relationship that works, actually works for both people, not it's just something people are happy to put up with, not just something they, they're going to um, kind of resign themselves to, but actually creating the relationship that works for, pe for both people. In order to do that, both people need to know what exactly they want in terms of a relationship. Or, wait, you mean you need to know what you want to get it? Well, you need to know what you want in order to create it. Or, no, that's not true. You need to know what you want in order to effectively create it. Um, and But the thing about it is, is that maybe you don't know what you want because you've never asked yourself this question. But in actual fact, sometimes you can figure it out together actually while you are in the relationship. Like that's part of creating a relationship. And that's certainly what I think has happened with um with Serena and I <laughs> did, is, you, did you forget you're like um uh what's her name again that girl oh. Oh. line line um. line I, you want me my name yeah no I don't know my name no no idea <laughs> sorry we've gone off on one again but I think this is what's happened with me and Serena I was actually trying I was, I was holding on to another thought at the same time as I was trying to <laughs> say what I was saying um but I think that's what happened with me and Serena is like I think if I'd asked you, when we first met, if I think back to when we first met, what kind of friendship would you want? What would your answer have been? The friendly kind? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it... You, would, you wouldn't have even known what I meant, uh, right? Yeah, I'd be like... Yeah, I, I, there's... Because I, I know what friendship is now, so, and what... I well, you know what friendship can be. But I know what friendship can be, and it it's so hard to think back to that point of not being in co-creation of my what ships. What works for both people. <laughs> right, absolutely. So, I mean, friendship was just, I mean, we talk, I get along with you, I want to see you again, we're friends. Like, mm -hmm. I guess that was, I mean, I'm not saying that well, I, I that didn't was... and don't have amazing friends that came before Claire. Right. It's just, it, it, 
it was just something that ha- it just something that happened. Well, and also a lot of them fit, probably fit that cookie cutter idea of what friendship is that we've seen on TV and in movies. Because it's mm-hmm. true for me as well. Like I, I've, I've got amazing friends who I've had for a very long time. But a lot of those friendships, they just formulated according to what my idea of friendship was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that with um, Serena, and there's probably a couple of other friends prior to Serena where I really started to look at, well, hold on a second. What do I want this friendship to look like? And when Serena and I got close, it was like, I've kind of realized that, hold on a second, this is somebody who I could create a different kind of relationship with. I could create a different kind of friendship with. And the way that it kind of happened was that, I mean, first of all, we had to figure out, could we disagree? Um, we figured that out relatively early. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like how do, there was an element of like, here's, here's what works for me. Does that work for you kind of thing? And I think that the more that I was saying to, because I think I was maybe a little further along this kind of friendship co-creation path than Serena was oh, when absolutely. we first met. Just, not a not a, just a, just just a, a little bit. smidge. Just a smidge. Just teeny bit. Um, so what I would do is I would I would verbalize what it was that I would want, and then I would check in and be like, "Does this work for you?" And I think the more that I did that, the more you were like, "Wait, hold on a minute. I can, I can, I I could do that. Like I could ask for what I wanted. Like really." And it was you then mm-hmm. slowly started to move into that space of asking for those things for yourself as and, well. And now I just lop spaghetti at the wall constantly. <laughs> I'm like, hey, what about this? What about this? Does that stick? No? All right. Well, that doesn't work. Okay, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for me. So that piece of spaghetti comes down. Ooh, that one's sticking. What about that? Yeah. Actually, that one works. Like, And the thing about it is, is it is this co-creation. Like, it has to work with both for both people because the, the the reality is and this is something i came up time and time again in the uh when the relationship work i did was that um if it doesn't work for both people it doesn't actually work for anyone and i'll come back to a couple of examples of this later um but the truth is is that if it, if it's only working for one person it's going to create distance it's going to create resentment it's going to create disconnection and that will undermine the relationship so it will actually cause the relationship to drift further apart rather than co-creating together i mean like okay here's how i would like this to work how would you like it to work oh okay that's how you would like it to work well actually i'd be okay with this would you be okay with like like literally figuring out together how we want this to work um and as i said like sometimes one people one person may know the other person may not know and the challenge with this is sometimes is that we think we know what something means but the reality is something different so for example like um i very early on i was very clear on the fact that i like full transparency and full honesty and (laughs) Yeah, I, and go, you go jump in. Like I can, I can feel, I can feel it. <laughs> she was very upfront about that, and I was like, "Oh yeah, me too." <laughs> I do, yes. But what I thought communication, transparency, and honesty was like what most people can handle. What um, we've been 
conditioned to think we can bring to the table like and a lot of the time there's a lot of these kind of social norms around it where it's like oh yes I want honesty but I also want the social norm of not making anyone feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. like those two things are they're not good bedfellows I mean this kind of used to come up for me all the time when I worked as a relationship specialist and I would say like I would often go through like what are the important things to you in a relationship and we would start to create um the um the 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 vision of what exactly it is that we were looking for. In fact, there was actually a process that I used to take people through, um, which was a, a lot of people when they're looking for a relationship and the same thing when they're looking for a friendship, actually, like any of these kind of relationships, what they end up doing is they end up looking for things that they like, which is obviously, it's a great idea, generally speaking. But the thing about it is, is that you also have to make sure that the things that you like are in alignment with the kind of relationship you want. And the way I used to describe it was, it was like, there was a, um, uh, it's like, imagine that you're, the relationship that you're trying to create is a chocolate cake. But you're not clear that you want, like you haven't figured out you're trying to create a chocolate cake. And someone asks you, what are your favorite ingredients? So you're like, oh, I really love oysters and I love cayenne pepper and I love chocolate and I love uh, sprinkles and I love truffle oil. Like all of those things are nice ingredients but they don't make a very good chocolate cake when you put them all together some of them yeah great others nice ingredients maybe they fit in a different recipe maybe there's a different relationship in your life in which those ingredients fit if you want to make if you want to create a relationship the first thing you have to do is you have to be clear on what does the relationship look like so get let's get clear what kind of chocolate cake are we making what kind of frosting are we making so that when we look at the qualities that we're looking um for in somebody that we are um either engaging with because we want to be in an intimate relationship or in a friendship with them what you do is you have to make sure that those ingredients that you're looking for in that person are going to be the right ingredients that also match with the with the chocolate cake. So for example, if somebody's like, and this is something that used to come up pre- pretty frequently, there were two examples that came up. Oh, I like somebody who's a little bit of a rebel, like a little bit of a, a bad boy or a bad girl or a bad person. Like that doesn't sound right. That doesn't, I'm, like, I'm like looking for what's the, the what's the non-binary version of that. And I'm like, that, that makes them sound like a crappy human being. And that's not the case. But somebody who's got like a bit of an edge to them, maybe. Um, I said a little rebellious, maybe. Um, and um, that might be what somebody is attracted to. They said so they might like that. If they're looking for somebody who they're, they're wanting to create a committed, uh, monogamous relationship in which they're going to settle down and get married and have kids, that may not be an ingredient that's going to fit for that relationship. That might be an ingredient for your fun fun friend who you're going to go out and um, have a, a, a wild night every once every six months with, for example. But that might not be the person you want to get into a long-term intimate relationship with. The other one that used to come up a lot of the time for me is I um, uh, is that I used to have, I would frequently have um, female clients, especially saying that they wanted somebody who was highly driven, highly motivated and successful at work, which is great if that's what you want. And that's something they were attracted to. But if they wanted someone that was going, if they wanted a relationship in which you were going to spend a lot of quality time together, actually you find a lot of people who are, who hit those, um, those criteria are actually workaholics and they don't spend a huge amount of time at home. So again, it's like, there's no, it's a, there's no judgment over which qualities, they're not good qualities or bad qualities. They're like, just let's get clear what kind, what cake are we trying to make? And then let's look for the ingredients that you want in, that you're looking for in another person. And then more importantly, what ingredients do you need to bring to the, to the table 
that's going to work for that kind of person and that kind of relationship. So that was like part of the process um, that we used to create. And one of the things I would often ask is like, what are the qualities you're looking for in somebody? And I would guarantee top five, most people would say, I want honesty. And my response was always, really? And they were like, yeah. I'm like, really? You want full honesty about everything? Um, And they were like, yeah. So if they are attracted to somebody else in a bar, you want them to be honest with you about that? Ah, well, um, if they had a dream about an ex-girlfriend, would you want them to be honest about that? Well, maybe not like that. And this is where all of a sudden it starts to unpick. Now, I would want to be, I would want someone to be honest with me about those things. That's when when I say I want honesty and transparency, I want honesty and transparency. Ooh. You're getting into that. That sound shield (laughs) is getting it today. Like, You're going to beat that honesty. Right. Yeah. I'm going to get that transparency out of my sound shield if it kills me. Or the sound shield. Um, so, So, yeah. Like, it's like, I genuinely want that honesty. Most people actually don't want that level of honesty. They want comfortability. They want comf- They want honesty that doesn't compromise their comfortability. They want you to be honest to the point where you're not going to make them uncomfortable. So it's like, if I say to somebody, does this look good on me? And actually it doesn't. I want somebody to be like, actually, I don't think that looks good on you or some, some of the other things that you have. Like, you don't have to be mean about it, but you can still be honest about it. Um, and some people I know would be like, oh yeah, that looks amazing. And I'd be like, no, it doesn't. No, it what doesn't. Like, I'm going to see myself in a picture. Exactly. Like, just like, just be honest. But I, I want that level of honesty. Mm-hmm. Other people don't. It, it's, it, that's funny you use that example. I remember in my sorority, people would, I was, I've, I've never really been a sugar coder. Um, I, today when we no shit (laughs) today when we got our coffee um our friend was like this is mine um like I created this one so let me know what you think she's like oh I probably shouldn't have told you it was me that like created it because I want you to be honest and I'm like oh both of us were like oh we'll be honest we'll tell you (laughs) yeah but we don't bullshit (laughs) no um but when I lived in my sorority house I mean we had um it was a small New England sorority which is a little different from kind of like the southern where there's um, lots of people in one house, like mm-hmm. these big mansions. This was just apartment buildings, so it was like nine girls. But that's a lot of girls, and then you're in the house, so you have more girls coming in. Yeah. And people would ask my opinion, and some of my sisters would be like, don't ask her unless you really want to know. And in, <laughs> in the same way, and probably back then there was a little bit more potentially – I can't even remember whether there might have been a little bit more snark or less consideration mm-hmm. into the words I was actually saying. Right. But most of the time it's like, oh, I actually think that purple dress looks better on you than this right. black one. And kind of softening it, but I'm not going to let you go out and then see yourself later because then like, they'll turn oh, around God. and they'll be like, what were you? why didn't you say yeah. anything? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't want to make you feel bad. Well, now I'm in 10,000 pictures <laughs> and everybody can that see That feels it. bad. Like, like, that feels worse than not than being told honestly. And it's funny that you use that example because I, it was a thing in, in my house, like as in my home, like when I was growing up when I was a teenager, like you never asked my dad a question if he didn't want the answer. Like I would not ask him how I looked unless I actually wanted him to tell me what he thought about how I looked um and so frequently I didn't ask because I actually didn't care what he thought I liked how I looked and I I wasn't looking for his approval about how I looked but there were times when I'm like I I would ask and it's like don't ask the question and the 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 phrase was like don't ask a question you don't want the answer to Um, and I don't know whether that kind of 
um, was part of what meant meant that I then was somebody who wanted honesty. And tra- Actually, I don't think it was because for a long time I didn't want full honesty and transparency because I wasn't secure enough in myself and my own needs to have somebody being honest with me not impact me. Because quite often if we haven't um, got our own needs well met and somebody is honest with us, what we end up doing is this honesty about this thing that I'm wearing actually then impacts my value need because I take that as being, oh, like I don't look good enough, um, not this crappy dress doesn't suit me and I've got something there are other things that I look amazing in I would take that as a hit to my value need and and that's why I think a lot of people don't want like like putting that needs lens on why, why people don't want full honesty is because they're not secure enough in their value to have somebody be honest with them without taking it personally and out without it being internalized as oh that's something that's wrong with me as opposed to that's something that doesn't suit me or um that if um if somebody's had a dream about their ex-partner it's like oh well they must want their ex-partner and not want to be with me because I'm not good enough as opposed to maybe there's just something that came up recently that made them think about their ex-partner and that's why they happen to appear, appear in a dream and it's got nothing to do with you so I think this is the thing is that again like one of the things that actually helps you to be able to create these kind of relationships is to be very secure in your own needs is to make sure your own needs are met because if Serena comes to me and goes hey actually this thing that you've been doing doesn't really work for me I don't internalize that and go oh my god I'm a terrible person I go oh okay thanks for letting me know like I appreciate that because now I can do something I mean it's a Silly example from uh, just, I think it was yesterday, um, where um, I'd said to um, Serena, um, uh, Serena drinks a lot of seltzer. I don't drink a lot of seltzer, but every now and again, I like something for the flavor. And um, Serena had, um, and my my fridge is her fridge. Like she can help herself to anything uh, pretty much as I can at her place. So um, like she'll she'll say, I'm just grabbing a seltzer or what have you. Um, And also she brings seltzer into the house so that um, she's helping herself to something that she's often stocking. Um, And I sort of said to her that there were only two cans of the seltzer, the flavor that I liked that was, that was left. And she had one of them and replaced it with others. And I said, oh, if if they're, if they're, if you take one of my flavors out, would you mind putting it back in again? Like putting another one in so that when I go to it, it means that there's one there. And that was when we had, she had the conversation. She assumed that I liked the flavors that she bought. It never occurred to her that actually I didn't like the flavors that she bought. I like the flavors that I bought. And then she was like, oh, I just realized I've been drinking the flavors that you like, not the ones that I bought. So I'm really sorry for that. And it was just, it was a momentary thing of like, it was just this conversation which we'd never had before. She assumed I liked certain flavors, as it turned out, not a big fan. So, um, and she was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll make sure I pick up some of the flavors that you like next time I'm down at the grocery store, or I will make sure that I drink the flavors that I bring rather than, and it was a mo. it was a very small thing, but I didn't, Serena didn't take this thing of like, oh, could you, would you mind putting one of the seltzers in? It's like, oh God, I'm a terrible person. Like, I can oh. never drink her seltzer again. Exactly. Like, it's like, and it's like, if I've got a ton of seltzer there, of my, you help yourself, have as much as you want. It was only because there was only one can left and she didn't realize there was only one can left. Otherwise, I think you probably would have asked the question before drinking it because oh. you'd have been like, oh, this, this do you mind? This is your last can. Yeah. I have a however, bun- however many of my own flavors of- that was just there. And it, in, in, and it seems like a million years of friendship, but like how, how with as much as I drink seltzer, has it not come up? Like I knew she liked those flavors, but I didn't know she liked my flavor. So I come in, I'm like, I brought seltzer. And she's like, oh, 
But like, I, that's good. the like, thing about it is she bought seltzer, but you drink more, you drink more seltzer than I am. So I'm, as far as I'm concerned, she's bringing stuff in for herself to drink. It mm-hmm. never occurred to me that it was like, oh, I had to be clear that actually I like a couple of flavors mm-hmm. and the others I'm not a big fan of. And it makes it so much better because now I'm A, mindful of that, like mm-hmm. making sure there's a cold one for her. And then also because make- also I don't eat, I don't drink like four of them a day. I will if I have one, I'll have one. And she drinks them cold. I drink them however they come yeah. to me, warm, flat, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, and it's just those. There's our friendship is made up of a lot of those little conversations that just yeah. let us show up in a way that feels more like I know now, like when I go and grab a seltzer, whether it's mine, whether it's one of her flavors, like there's. It's, it's clean. There's, there's a mindfulness <laughs> there's about a mindfulness it. You're, you're about aware it. of, you're aware of what, and it's like, I mean, obviously seltzer isn't the make or break of a friendship. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there may be, there may be there friendships may be where friendships. that could be a make or break, <laughs> but that's certainly not the case with us. But I think the most important thing, if you want to create and co-create a relationship that really works for both people, the first thing that is really critical in that is you both have to want to create a relationship that works for both people. Like you, that has to be the the intention. That has to be what you're coming into it with, which is like, I really want to have a friendship that works. There's a lot of people because of their own unmet needs, they come into a friendship wanting the friendship to work for them because actually they're going to get their needs met through the friendship because they haven't figured out how to meet them for themselves yet. Whereas the way to kind of start to switch it up is to come in. Serena knows I want to do this in a way that works for both of us. Because I know if it doesn't work for both of us, it doesn't really work for either of us. And because I know that, I'm like, I want her to tell me the things that don't work. I want her to tell me the things that she wants. Uh, Like when Serena says, I have a hard stop. I will normally be the one to be like, hey, you said you had a hard stop. Is this okay if we're kind of coming up to that time? More so probably than you are even. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm like, I don't want to cross a boundary because I want to make sure this works for Serena. Which means if Serena says to me, hey, this thing doesn't work for me, a lot of people in that situation, if someone says, hey, this thing doesn't work for me, they'll go, oh, they'll go, oh, and they'll get defensive because it'll, it'll impact one of their unmet needs. And that unmet need will trigger and they'll be like, oh, well, I was only doing it because this or it wasn't my intention. Go back and listen to Impact Over Intention if you haven't already. It's an important episode. Um, That wasn't my intention. And rather than, and they will take it personally, it will hit them at a personal level and that will also undermine the friendship. Or they might go into a hole with it and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm the worst person ever. Why are you friends with me? And normally, here we go. So that is a very, very common thing that happens. And what's happening in that situation? What happens is is the person is, is saying, um, they're internalizing what somebody's happened. Normally it's impacted to their value need primor- primarily. Sometimes their love needs, sometimes the security needs. So the, the love need is like, oh, this person like, might not like me anymore. And the security is, well, I might lose the friendship. Like those, those are the, the kind of three that tend to be very active in this. So what then happens is when someone goes, oh, I'm this terrible person. Normally that is a bait. They're bidding to try to get the other person to go, oh, no, no, you're an amazing friend. Oh my goodness. No, no. Like, I, I'm so sorry I didn't mean to upset you of course I love you and blah 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 blah. because what they're doing is they're fishing for somebody to meet that value need to meet the love need and to meet the security need again so often that behavior not consciously it's not Mm -hmm. like a they've gone oh this person's negatively impacted my need what can I do that will get them to meet that need like it's all subconscious like our, our, our brains and our systems are so so um adept at getting our needs met 
all of this happens at a subconscious level. We don't even realize it's happening. And so at a subconscious level, like underneath the surface, the alarms are going off. It's like, eh, 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 I need to run met. We've got to do something to meet that need. So this, this way of responding happens. And that way of responding is our way of trying to get the other person to meet that need for us. Now, in the situation with me and Serena, if Serena says to me, oh, that thing that you did really doesn't work for me. First thing, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Absolutely. I will take that on board and I want to, I'll, I'll make the effort to do this or that in the future or whatever it is. I'll respond to it to, to let them, let Serena know that this is something that I actually want to change. But most importantly, I will normally say to her, thank you so much for telling me. Like, thank you. I want that. I want to know what works for you. I want to know what doesn't work for you. Because when I know what works for you and I know what doesn't work for you, I can do more of the stuff that works for you as long as it also works for me. And I can find other ways of doing the things that don't work for you. Or we can find a way around it that's going to work for both people. And I remember initially there was a little bit... It's weird. Eggshells is not much. I, there hasn't been many eggshells in our friendship. Nope. But at the beginning, there was a little bit because... It was like tentative. Yeah, it was like, all right, she's saying honesty. She's saying transparency. And I'd like, I'd, initially, I'd go up to it and be like, yeah, so uh, this thing. And because I would say honesty and transparency. And what you probably heard is the cultural conditioning version of like, honesty and transparency even though I kept saying no I really want mm -hmm. you to be honest with me you're like yeah but I know what that really normally means for people and I actually think it was the conversation we had when um you brought up my usage of the c word that I was like oh shit she means like honesty, honesty. and transparency like she just called me out on something like big and serious mm -hmm. like and that yeah. is you know where she had been doing her work at that point I hadn't even I mean I can't it it kind of like pains my heart to say it like I didn't I wasn't really aware there was work that needed to be done right. on me and yeah. now I'm just I'm a continuous you work in progress you weren't consciously aware because if I yeah. said to you would you want to be treated this is something that um I know that there is some challenges in terms of Jane Elliott being a white woman teaching about um like racial dynamics and a lot of people have issue with that because she's profiting from that but one uh, and one of the things that she said that I think is actually a very um, interesting way of looking at it is if I said to you, you could swap persons places with a black person in this country, what would you say? What would you have said? I honestly can't answer that where I would have been now because like all the like emotion in the uh, like the, the, I, I can say I bet you, hand you, on heart. I can know. I know if somebody had asked me that question, I'd have been like, no, I wouldn't have known why I was saying no, but I would have said no. And the fact that I knew I was saying no, I would have the fact that I would have said no tells me I knew that there was something, something going on. Yeah, I would think that I did. It's just like I almost can't answer that knowing like knowing what I've learned in just the last couple of years. Like, right. It just. Yeah. But yeah, that was one of those points where it's like, oh, she she me like we're okay and like if she real hadn't honesty and if she hadn't brought that up and she had just let me she'd be like oh that's that's my friend who's culturally unaware that's my friend who the uses eyeball. harmful phrases like well and the reality is is if you want to be close with me if you want to be part of my inner circle you have to be part somebody who my inner circle is safe with mm -hmm. or 
has a reasonable expectation that the risk is low with because there's no such thing as safety as far as privilege dynamics are concerned but i have very 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 close people to me uh, i've got a, a, like one of my closest people in the entire world is uh black queer um neurodivergent neurodivergent um fat woman um and uh, i also have somebody who is um another one of my very very close people is queer and i i have a number of people who are very 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 close to me i have trans people who are very close to me in my life and it's like if i wouldn't like, I, the, the way i tend to think about it if, if i was having like a special event if i was having like a 50th birthday party for example where i'm going to invite all of my closest people if you are not somebody who I can trust to be around those people without doing harm, you're not getting invited. And if you're not getting invited to that party, you're not part of my inner circle. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted Serena to be part of my inner circle. And so the only way to do that, because I could see that she was someone, I, I, I believed that she was somebody who would want to do this work if she really, really understood it. So I, I called her out on these things and I was like, hey, this is the thing and this is the thing. And she was like, oh, fuck, I'm, yes. Thank you for telling me, but I knew that I needed to do that in order for her to be part of my inner circle. If she's not, if you're, you're not someone who these other people are going to be safe around, then you're not somebody I want part as part of my, and I've lost a lot of very close people who were previously very close friends because they are not people who would be able to be in that room. If I was like looking at, okay, I'm going to have 20 people in this room. If you're not somebody who I can put in that room and not have to worry about you, then you're not really part of my inner circle. And that's not because I'm like, oh, well, I've, I'm, there's this kind of superior thing. I'm like, well, I'm better than, I, I'm, I know better than you and you have to be doing as well as me. No, I know, I need to know that the people who I care about and who I love most in the world are people who are going to have a, uh, have a reasonably low risk of you are, if you were in their presence. And that was one of the reasons that I did this with Serena was like, I know that I, if, if, if Serena is, she was already somebody I was very close with. I'm like, that's not good enough for me. If you're not someone who those other people could be around without me being, oh God, shit, what's she gonna say? Or please don't say that. If I'm thinking that, then she's not doing her work. And if I'm thinking that, then she's not somebody who gets to be in that room. And it was, a, I mean, it was a journey for us going through that. It was, it, it definitely It still was. is. It still is. Yeah. And it, it, that's the thing. It never. There's no end. There's no end. And especially to that journey, mm -hmm. journey and especially the layers of privilege that I hold. Like yeah. it's a constant search, search, see, search, seizure and unraveling and learning. Dismantling. And and dismantling and going deeper and. Making amends and apologizing and in, yeah. And stepping into the things that my privilege have allowed me to choose Ignore. not to. Ignore. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because. If it hadn't been for that conversation, we wouldn't be here right now. Mm -hmm. Because this for, is for so many reasons. <laughs> for so many reasons. For so many reasons. But this is the thing, it's like it's so important for us to recognize this is what and that's one of the things for me. That's one of the things I was clear on. It's like if you're gonna be part of my inner circle, you need to be somebody who I can have my closest people be around without being concerned about you. Um, or not overly concerned, because like we, we're never going to be done. Mm -hmm. We're never going to have, um, I mean, I still make mistakes at times. So it's not like I'm expecting people to be perfect. I just need to know that you're doing enough work to be self-aware that if somebody calls you out, 
for something that actually you're going to respond appropriately to that. You're not, you don't need to be perfect, but you do need to be someone who will um, step into that space of, oh my God, I've made a mistake. I'm so sorry. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to make amends. I'm going to figure out how not to do it in the future. And actually that we're going to talk about that in the next episode a little bit more. And there was one particular example that Serena and I went through together in terms of, I mean, we've had lots of hard conversations over the years. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about in, in the next um, um, episode. Um but there's one in particular that kind of always comes to mind around, oh, that was the, that was the turning mm-hmm. point for me in terms of these hard conversations. Um, so, yeah, I just, I mean, there's so much we could say about this because, I mean, this almost feels like it, it I suspect this may end up becoming like a program at some point in and of itself, like how to create these kinds of relationships in life because it is something that we are, we're still learning. We're still figuring out, like, we learned about Seltzer yesterday. Who knows what we're going to learn about tomorrow? Like, right. <laughs> um, and that's the cool thing about it. And I want to say when you're when you're going into relationship and especially friendship, it is something that you want to create. And to create something, you have to put effort into it. You have mm. to put intention into it. You have to be willing to work. You have to be willing to give. You have to be willing to flow. And it's kind of, you know, we use the example of the tree a lot in our work. And it's like you could throw a seed and it may take and it may be a little blossom of something like a little Charlie Brown type of tree. But if you water it and you nurture mm-hmm. it and you're like, oh, is that too much sunlight for you here? Let me put a little shade over you. Oh, you need water? And obviously not meeting your friend's needs for them. But in the in the the example of a tree. Well, I mean, I think the thing about it is, is that when we talk about relationships, that in any kind of relationship, there are three entities. There's, there's the, uh, between two people, there are three entities. There's that. So with me and Serena, there's me, Serena, and there's the relationship between me and Serena. And it's not about you needing to meet my needs. It's about both of us taking responsibility for the needs of the relationship. And that's the tree that we're talking about in this situation. It's like, you have to nourish that. We both have to nourish that Mm -hmm. tree. It's both of our responsibilities to nourish that tree and put give that then the nourishment and support that it's going to need to grow and thrive. Well, and and when it comes to growing and thriving, we could have. I mean, we'd probably have a cool little Charlie Brown tree. We would decorate it with some tinsel, throw a star on top, and be like, "There would definitely be glitter." Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go off on a glitter tree <laughs> tangent, but maybe a different episode. Uh, but you want you want it to grow. You want it to grow tall. You want it to grow out and expand. So that mm-hmm. means you have to be growing together in the relationship. And you know, kind of bring to bring it back to where Claire started with the commitment and complacency. A lot of times, people toss the seed and they're like, "All right, let's see what happens." Or they mm-hmm. toss and they're like, "Ah, oh, some water." And it, it's nature; it will take care of itself. It's like, but if you want friendship like what Claire and I have, yeah. you have to work and you have to want you have to want those branches to reach as high as possible mm-hmm. and then out as far as possible and sometimes that means that you're you're um I want to say I don't I can't even say sacrificing because I never feel like I'm sacrificing anything we're we're um but you're collaborating choosing to put effort choosing. into we're, it right it's yeah. not about sacrificing it's about putting energy into it it's about putting effort into it um and Serena's right like this when you're when you're doing this when you're doing this kind of relationship you have to approach it from that point of view of 
I want this to thrive. And if I want, if you want anything to thrive in life, you have to put something into it. So it's like, if you want a business to thrive, there's no point just starting a business and going, right, I'm gonna sit back and just count all the money because it's not <laughs> how it works. You wanna be successful in a career. You have to put energy and effort into that. You wanna learn how to play a musical instrument. You gotta put some energy into learning how to play that musical instrument. You want to become more proficient at art. You have to t put time and energy into that. And the same is true with relationships. Like we have to put that time and energy into cultivating the kind of relationships that we want in our lives. And you're right, like the, the relationships like us, they don't just happen. Um, they happen when you show up intentionally and you try to create something that is something that is going to work for both people. And I think that is the, the, the ultimate, because I'm coming back to, I mean, I know I mentioned at one point that if it doesn't work for both people, it doesn't actually work for either. There was actually an example I had. I had a, a client of mine years and years ago. Um, he contacted me and he said, oh, he said, this is when I was doing the relationship work. And he said, um, I've fallen in love with this amazing woman. She's incredible. I've never met anyone like her, blah, 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 blah. And he listed off all these amazing things about her. He said, I really want to be with her. And then when the more he got to know her, he found out that she was, uh, and she was polyamorous and she was in a polyamorous relationship and she wanted to include him in her polyamory. So she wanted them to be in relationship as well. And, and he said, I just, he said, I don't know if I can do that. Um, and, and he said, but I don't want to let go of this person. This person's incredible. And I don't know if I'll meet anybody like her again. Um, and so I said to him, I was like, okay, let me ask you a question. Take her out of the equation. Would you want a polyamorous relationship? Um, and he said, no, I wouldn't. And I said, if you sacrifice what the kind of relationship you want to try to have her, this resentment will build between the, because you will resent her because you don't really want that kind of relationship. You want her, but she doesn't want the kind of relationship that you really want. So while you might have this amazing connection between the two of you, if you don't want what she wants and she doesn't want what you want as a relationship, as an intimate relationship, that's not going to work. Now, maybe you could decide to have a friendship that doesn't have that romantic component. And so that is something that does work for the two of you. It may be that actually she might decide that she does want to have a, um, a monogamous relationship. But the truth is, if she wants polyamory, she's not going to be happy in a monogamous relationship. That's going to work in the other direction. So the truth is, unless the relationship works for both people... You cannot try to force a relationship that doesn't work because you want the other person in your life. Because ultimately, the relationship isn't going to be a good fit for you. It's not going to be a good fit for both of you because you're going to want it to look a certain way. You're going to want to be the only person in her life. And you're not the only person in her life. And eventually you will resent the fact that you're not the only person in her life because that's the kind of relationship that you want. And the same thing I've had, I've had um, uh, friends who want to be in contact with me uh, like every single day they want to be text, text messaging me every day and calling me every day and it's like that doesn't work for me in a friendship because I don't have the capacity for that in my life that's just not the kind of friendship uh, that I um I appreciate and I actually there was a friend of mine who really wanted to have that kind of a relationship with me and I'm like it was overwhelming and I felt pressure I felt like I had to contact them all the time not that I wanted to, because that's not the kind of dynamic that worked. And I, I wasn't sure if actually our friendship was going to last. Now we can go months without speaking to each other. And we pick up the phone and it's literally like we spoke to each other yesterday. Um, because we found out actually that this was the version of friendship that worked for the two of us. And it was the, and a little bit like I, I have another friend who um, uh, lives in um, San Francisco. And 
she's somebody who's very um she's a very free spirit um and she's she doesn't do regular contact um I can go years without hearing from her but then I go and see her and it's the most amazing experience and I absolutely adore her and I had to at one point there was a point where it's like does this relationship work for me and I was like actually having the relationship with her which isn't being in contact all the time I'm okay with that because I I appreciate this. And I have the relationships where I that are the close ones that I actually want. I have my Serena's and other people who are very close to me who we found a way of doing things to be close. Well, actually, I've already got that with somebody. I don't need her to take on that role. I'm actually happy for her to be my, I go and see you every now and again. And we have an amazing time while we're together. Um, and then when we come, uh, then w- when I come away, I probably won't hear again for, from her for a couple of years. So it's like understanding that we don't have to, not all of our friendships have to look the same way. In actual fact, there are different friendships that we have in our lives that will serve different purposes. And once we actually go, oh, hold on, well, I already have this kind of friendship. I don't need another Serena. I'm not sure I could cope with another Serena, if I'm honest. <laughs> like one is more than enough for me. I adore her, but I'm not sure that the world is ready for two of her. That's I'm why I'm honest. an only child. Yeah. I believe my mother <laughs> felt the same way. She said, oh, I'm done. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> It's amazing. I don't need another Serena. I actually have now different friendships with different people where I get to explore different sides of myself that maybe aren't the kind of relationship that Serena and I have, which is great because we get this kind of rich tapestry of all these different kinds of relationships in our lives and they don't all have to look the same. And even with like, I Claire is my key best and I sometimes refer to my best friend who is somebody different than Claire, my key best. Mm-hmm. And I consider them both Bests. Yeah, we're but different. Our, bests. our relationships are totally different mm-hmm. because what works for Claire and I is not going to work for me and my best friend mm-hmm. for many, many reasons, and, and vice versa. And vice versa. Yeah. And it's it's amazing to have such profoundly different but profoundly fulfilling relationships because we're creating what works for us. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to recreate what Claire and I have because I feel the same way. Like it's. It's amazing. One and but done. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't. I don't need fifteen Claires. I was like, I need. God, one. I haven't got time in my life. Fifteen <laughs> Serenas. Like, I mean, just like look, look at what we do when we're together. Like, mm-hmm. this is what we do. I haven't got time for this with lots of other people because I only have twenty four hours in my day. Like. <laughs> Seven days in my week. So it's about creating what works for you and the other person, yes. whatever that looks like. And it's it's what it looks like and what works for you, not what mm-hmm. works for you because this third party who isn't part of this is putting in their commentary that yes. the social media isn't implanting their ideas, that you're really getting down to the roots of your friendship, your mm-hmm. relationship with that specific person for now I'm getting all uh, <laughs> all into the pop screen. <laughs> um, that's how you create a variety in your life. That's how yeah. you create fullness. That's that's how you create what works. Like it's and the thing about it is, is that I might have wanted to create this kind of relationship that I have with Serena with the person that I've got in San Francisco. That wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Like that wouldn't work with her. And because it wouldn't work for her, it doesn't really work for me. So it's like, what was the version of our friendship that works for both of us? That's what we have now. Um, there are other people that I have in my life where this definitely wouldn't work. And that's okay, because it doesn't have to, because what we've created is the thing that works for the two of us. And because we choose to show up for each other, we choose to be in friendship with mm-hmm. each other every single day. When things change, then 
our friendship will change and it will flow and it Mm -hmm. will things may look different and um, may be different but that doesn't yeah and you've just reminded me of something that that it popped in earlier and then it popped out again I'm like oh there was something there and now you've reminded me of what it was and that is that as we go through life we are going to change and grow right we will change through just simply doing life Mm -hmm. life experience is going to change us and you want to have relationships with people where you can adapt and grow your friendship according to where your life is. And it's like, I believe that Serena and I are going to have a very close relationship as we navigate through, because we're like, okay, so for example, next year, Serena is going to be going out on the road. Like she's mm-hmm. not going to be living just down the street for me anymore. And there's a part of me, it's like, wow, that's going to be weird. Like being here without her being here, because so much of my experience here is us spending time together and hanging out and connecting. And it's like, we're going to figure out a way of doing our friendship and our business that works when we're not in the same place anymore. And like, we'll make sure she's got somewhere to stay so she can come visit plenty. Um, And I'm going to go see her. Mm -hmm. They'll be podcasting on the road, I'm sure. I have no doubt that'll happen. Um, But that's the kind of relationship we have is that we've decided we want that the relationship is important enough to figure out a way of doing this. I had another friend many, many years ago who um, we were in very different places in our life. I was single, I was traveling. Um, actually, no, I was in a relationship, crappy relationship, but I was in a relationship and I was traveling. She was married, had children. And there was a point we got to where it's like our friendship seemed to be diverging. And it's like, like, and we had another example of the hard conversations we'll be talking about in the next episode we had a really difficult conversation around like is this going to work this doesn't work for me this doesn't here's how I feel here's how I feel this is how it feels for me this is how it feels for me and I remember us having a conversation about like we're we're at a, a crossroads right now we're at a junction right now we can either decide that this doesn't work anymore and we can go our own separate ways or we can figure out that the friendship is important to, enough to us to try and find a way of doing it that's work, that works for both of us. And that's what we decided was this friendship means too much. Let's find a way of doing it that's going to work for where we're at now. So even though our lives have changed remarkably, like we, we met at university, um, very, very different dynamic to the where we were in our lives at that point. And the interesting thing is she's still one of my closest friends and she's the person who if I'm like she'll travel hours to come visit me if I was doing a house sit somewhere random in England her and her son would come and do a little day trip out to see me and we like they'd stay the night with me and what have you and we would hang out and have fun and like her and her family have come out to Ireland to see me they've that she makes the effort to see me when I'm back and like whenever I'm back I'm like I'm back where are you how can we meet up so that like we both make the effort to see and connect with each other But we decided that we're going to find a new way of doing this. Our our lives had changed so much and we had changed as individuals since that point that we met. And it's like expecting the friendship that exists when you're at university to still be the friendship that exists when you're in your mid-40s. Probably not because life grows and changes. And then there are those junctions where it's like, okay actually, no, I want to find a way of doing this that works for you because I would like to keep this relationship. And sometimes you try that and it doesn't work. And that's okay as well. It's about learning that as we grow, we still want to be, it's very easy to get to attached to, get attached to the way our friendship is or a way a relationship is. You're like, oh, like when Serena and I met, oh, our relationship was like this. And this is the relationship I want. Mm-hmm. And then, then we grow and Serena grows and changes. Like, no, but I want that relationship. Can I have that back, please? But that person doesn't exist anymore because 
she's grown, she's changed. And it's like, I remember I, this has happened in relationships where it's like the me that I was when I met and the you that you were when we met, when we met, that, this me doesn't exist anymore. The, I'm over here now. And it's like, you might still be here or you might be here. But it's like, we have to figure out, like you have to figure out where you're at. I'm here, you're, okay, you're here. I actually know I'm here. Well, does this now work as a relationship? Is there a way of doing this that works for both of us? And actually the answer may be no. And the answer may be yes, there's a far better way of doing it that works for both of us that we hadn't explored previously because the people we were wouldn't have wanted that relationship. But now where we are now, this is what we want to create together. I feel like somewhere this comes up quite often is when children get introduced into a friendship, Mm -hmm. like a long-term friendship. Um, My best friend that I refer to has been my best friend since my junior year of high school. And then we went to the same college. And then we moved to the same state, not necessarily together, but we've lived very kind of Mm -hmm. linear lives. Quite parallel lives. Parallel lives. And then um, she had a child. And... Well, first I got married mm-hmm. and she was single when I got married. And there was a little bit of like a, oh, oh hold on. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Something's a little different. And then she had a child and got married and it was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. And we've been at this point. I'm so thankful to the needs and the, you know, like the, the actual <laughs> program, because I'm not sure how we would have navigated it. Me being a thousand miles away from mm-hmm. her and vice versa and having this little human being that was never part of our friendship for however many like yeah. 20 years he wasn't there and now he's he's the best part of our friendship because we've learned how to make it work where it's yeah. not like you as the parent me as the non-parent it's like us as the family right. and really the like chosen family the chosen family how mm. are we going to make this work so that you feel like i'm giving you attention as much as i'm giving my godson attention mm-hmm. and how do i feel like i'm still a priority when i'm in this mix and it was so easy well and the other thing is is that now you've got somebody else who's very close in your life and it's like because my needs are well met like I, if my needs aren't well met, and this sometimes happens where my needs aren't well met, all of a sudden the person I'm close to has somebody else who's close in their life. And all of a sudden that's like, oh God, like that's going to impact my needs because I'm no longer as important. So my value need gets hit or you're not going to spend as much time with me. So my love need gets hit or my security need gets hit because it's like, oh, well, we, you're, you're not, you don't assume the same role that you used to in my life anymore. But actually, because my needs are well met, it's like, I, I, I adore, I like, I adore Serena's best friend as well. Like I love when I love that she goes and she has such an amazing time and she's such an incredible godmother. Um, she is like all the fairies covered (laughs) as far as her little godson is concerned. And I love that for her because like, I know how happy that makes her. I know how much joy she gets out of those uh, friendships and relationships. There's absolutely no threat to me. There's no threat because I know what our relationship is. I know how strong our friendship is. And I want that for her as well. And this is another thing. It's like by wanting to create the relationship that you want, it's about creating a relationship that works for both people, recognizing that there are other relationships that are also going to be important to those people. And you want those to thrive as well because that brings joy to the person who you're spending time with. And if she's in a happier space, then we're going to have a more enjoyable space uh, time when we're together. And then if you're creating something that works for, like if Claire and I are creating what works for us and I'm creating what... my best friend and I are creating what works for us. Then we all get together and the three of us create stuff. And I don't think she'll mind me mentioning this, but in the 
best friend relationships. I'm, I believe this is something a lot of people can probably relate to. When you have a best friend and you, it's your best, I mean, that's the person. It's your Especially person. Yeah. for a significant period of time. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, some rando comes in. Me. I'm the rando that came me in. and the rando. <laughs> and then hearing your best friend refer to somebody else with a similar term, mm-hmm. there was a point where it was like... Wait, what? Yeah, like... Hold on, uh, that's my role. And I recognize that there may be some sensitivity there, and so I, I'd go... I'd address it. She'd address it, and she's like, oh, it... I, I love it, and I get it, and it still feel like it's just weird. And now she's at a point she's... I'm like, I'll still address it if I'm like, I know that this happened, and it may have seemed like I prioritized with Claire, and, you know, like, I want to make sure you know that you're still the priority. And, like, well, there was actually a time when uh, when um, she was down visiting, and I had probably one of the worst mm-hmm. crises I've ever experienced in my life happen while she was in town and the interesting thing was is that I'd said to I'd said to Serena ahead of ahead of this trip like I know how important it is for you to spend time with your best friend while she's in town I get to see you all the time like if we don't see each other much over this next period of time just so you know I'm cool and we were going to hang out the three of us were going to hang out like we had things planned that we were going to spend time together and there was this as I said there was this next level I I can't even put into words how deeply it affected me and I reached out to Serena because Serena was the person who I knew would be able to support me best with what I was dealing with and I felt so bad because I was like I'm so sorry I know that you're with your best friend right now this has happened like do you have the capacity to come and that was one of those moments where it was like god I know it looks like I'm prioritizing there's a reason and because of what's happening like I can't share the details of it because it's personal to her but just know it's not because you're not important because both of us believe you're important and both of us wanted me to be spending time with you and this was just one of those unforeseen moments like it was a like stuff for for us to navigate like Mm -hmm. the the three of us kind of of navigated through that together and the good thing was is that we then we had some fun nights out where it was the three of us and like I love her I think she's amazing and like we had so much fun like dressed up as the death becomes her which I cannot Cannot believe believe. has just turned 30 I mean seriously I need to send that to her yes it was on my to do list <laughs> yeah we both we both saw that a friend of ours posted on facebook that death becomes her the um, movie the movie celebrated its 30th anniversary and we dressed up and we did a group we costume. had awesome costumes yeah. and so like and that's actually my best friend and i that's like our movie type of deal but like and so the fact that they allowed me to be a part of that with them, I was like, I was like really touched. I was like, I'm like, thank you so much for letting me join uh, because it's a movie that I love, but it was special to the two of them. And that was a big thing for me of like recognizing that 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 we we all want this to work for all of us because I don't if this work if me and Serena's way the way we're doing something compromises her best friend that's going to compromise one I don't want that to happen two I don't want that to happen for Serena because it's going to compromise Serena three it's going to compromise our relationship mm-hmm. and vice versa so it's like we want to find a way of doing this that works primarily we want to find the way of doing the relationship that works for the two of us but we also want to find a way of like if something is important to Serena it's important to me so if something's important to Serena, how do we find a way of making this happen? Mm-hmm. How do we find a way of doing this so that the other people in your life 
still feel supported and loved and how they feel as important to you as they actually are. And that's, um, that's how you kind of develop your chosen family. Right, absolutely. And I believe that like your best friend is now part of my extended chosen family. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, it's, it's almost a little bit like... <laughs> It's going to sound like a weird thing to say, um, try, but it's like try me. Yeah, well, it's like it's almost like this is like a marriage. Like we've decided that like <laughs> that your side of the family yes. and my side of the family. Like I'm not as close to your best friend as you are, obviously. But it's like like at family events and when we get together, like we and, have a good time. And you could call her, text her, and oh, be absolutely. like, "Oh, hey," or just shoot like. I'm just thinking about you. And she'd be like, oh, okay. That's nice. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and she'll like comment on stuff on my Facebook. And I'm like, oh, like it, like, it, it means a lot to me as well. So, And, and that, that that's co-creating. That's yeah. us co-creating. It's me and my friend co-creating. It's the family co-creating. Like, this is how you do this it. This is how you create something. And it has to work for both people. Like that mm-hmm. is, it, it. And ha- you have to want it to work for both people. Yes. Yeah, yes, because if there's not the desire, if you're saying, I want this to work for you, but... But only if it doesn't not work for me. Like, like I, or I want this to work for you as long as it's exactly what I want it to mm-hmm. be. And it's like, that's not how a relationship works. Yeah, we're not trying to frame it. Like, this yeah. isn't a frame or a mask. It's, it's this either is genuine. it works for us both or, or it, it doesn't, doesn't work, work for, for us, us both. And a lot of times the tweaks are so <sighs> small, small and simple. It's like, oh... Oh well, that makes more sense, and yeah. it's like, but if and sometimes we, it's not even something that it's. It's not like oh, like you, you're like oh, what about this? And they're like oh, that's a great idea. Like it's not even like a problem. It's like yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I think that's the thing is that the more you get into that creative space with each other, the more like on board both of you are with it. The more it's like hey, what about this? Yes, let's. I mean, and this is how like like we, Serena and I are planning a day out or a night out or something. This is how we work in just general life. Like she'll mm-hmm. throw something, I'll be like, oh yeah, and and what if we do this on top of it? Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in fact, like great example is that the uh, our fantasy fest costumes for the um, for the walking parade for this year. Like Serena came up with the idea of us doing the Care Bears, and she was like, oh, what do you think about the Care? I was like, oh. I'm like, I love that idea, but we have to have light up tummies. And she's like, oh shit, we need to have light up tummies now. And I'm like, and then I would like, I found these like light up heart balloon things and I send them to her. I'm like, what about these? She's like, well, we have to have those now. I was like, and it was like, and then she would say something and I would say something and we'd like, bing, 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 bing. And all of a sudden we end up with this incredible creation that each of us on our own wouldn't have created to be quite like that. But together it becomes magical. Well, and the funny, the the funniest part about this is this stemmed from I would say probably like my OBF, my original best friend. <laughs> um, I mean, best friends before she came out of her mother's belly. Best Your friends, ob. my ob. <laughs> um, and we had lost touch for a little while, but I had mentioned I had mentioned the Care Bears to somebody, and they were like Care Bears, and I mentioned the Care Bears to her, and she was like yes, you have to do this, blah, blah, blah. And she was so excited. She wasn't going to be here for it. So she was just excited at the idea. And I'm like, well, now I have to do it. And then I went to Claire and I'm like, well, I was talking to her. And she's like, yes. Yes. And then that's how it snowballed. So it's because I've created something with another friend, I get to bring it here. And actually that friend is now going to join us because (laughs) I was going to surprise her. And um, once I showed her a mock-up of the costume, she spent the entire night deciding she needed to be a Care Bear and trying to find secondary costumes. And I'm like, I know she's doing this. I'm just going to let her know I made her one. And she's <laughs> like, I need to be there. And now she's coming. She's like, coming. That's awesome. 
Yeah. So cool. And this is where when you co-create together and you then look at how do we co-create. So the first thing is like co-creating within the, 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 the duo of the relationship, whatever that is. And then when you start to expand that out, this is when all this kind of magic happens and it's really kind of powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about it is, is that in order to create that magic, you have to do the thing that we're going to be talking about in the next episode and the next podcast. Because the next podcast, we're going to be talking about the hard conversations. And it's those hard conversations that build those foundations of trust and connection and collaboration and intentionality. And it shows what how somebody is going to show up when it's difficult. Because it's, it's easy to show up when it's, when it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's easy to show up and throw on a Care Bear costume because why wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> It's hard to show up in those moments where things get difficult and sticky and awkward. And it's when you can show up and move through those together, that's when the fun becomes real fun because you don't have to work. You're not carrying any of this crap with you because you haven't addressed the hard things. You haven't, that I'm not sitting there going, well, dressing up as a Care Bear is fun, but what is going to happen when I invite this other friend of mine out to stay? Is Serena going to say something that's going to be really offensive and actually harm this person I care about? I have to worry about that now um, because we hold each other to account and we're doing our work. I don't have to worry about it in the same way. Let's put it that way. Like We always have to be aware of it. We always have to be mindful of it. And then we can go and enjoy the Care Bear thing without that being like the dominant thought that's actually affecting me. So that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about on the next podcast episode. So before we finish up, anything you want to add? I love our friendship. I love our friendship too. And it's 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 really it's really beautiful to see what's possible in friendship. And the only way you learn what's possible is by um, is almost by by trying the impossible. And like exploring and like being like doing things that you don't think maybe you'll be able to do with somebody and being like, hey, what about this? And when you find the right person, they're like, oh, hell yes. <laughs> and what about if we put some glitter on top of it too? Like, oh, yeah, da- I'm down. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's look at how you can create that. I mean, I I am so profoundly grateful for my friendship with Serena. And as said, like my other best friend, um, uh, Serena in the Netherlands, like, like the other people who are super close to me, they are my chosen family and what we've created, I never would have believed was possible in friendship. And I'm so grateful to the fact that we've figured out and learned what's possible in friendship by doing it. Anything you want to add other than that? I'm good. I'm good. All right. So on that note, we will see you next time when we're talking about the hard conversations. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Um, Take care of yourselves. And remember, between now and next time, to continue to meet your own needs. Lots of love. Bye. Bye, friends. That's it for today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and give us a written review, as it will help more people find us. And remember, if it doesn't work for both people, it doesn't really work for either. Well, shit. It really is that simple.